0: Thank you for the pause. We ask that you help us to still ourselves, that we can hear from you tonight, that you speak truth to us and that that truth will saturate us and bless us and cause us to grow in you this night. We open ourselves up to you. We open ourselves to your spirit, to your wisdom, to your way. God, we know that there are many who are struggling now. Many frontline providers who are becoming overstressed and overworked, we pray for them. We pray for those who have lost loved ones, both to the virus and to life itself. We ask God for you to be available. Your word has taught us to pray for them that have rule over us. We pray for every leader, every official from every city, county, and state and parish to the White House. Thank you, Raven, now for what you're doing. Cause us to grow even in the mud. And like the lotus, let us show forth beauty in the midst of darkness. We bless you for it even now. In your son, Jesus' name, amen. Good evening, Shiloh. Good evening, those coming in to visit with us to hear a word from the Lord. We are grateful to have this opportunity to share again. We've been talking about the quiet mind for troubled times. I want to continue that dialogue with you tonight. I'm looking to you to join me in Psalm 46, verse 10. This is the fifth iteration of this word. I want to talk to you a little while. I I want to suggest to you, brothers and sisters, that those of you who are um, in any denomination can benefit from this Teaching tonight well, it doesn't matter what your faith tradition is, uh, doesn't matter whether you are uh, Protestant or Catholic, anyone can benefit. But I also want to say to those who are Protestant whether they're charismatic, whether they're Baptist, Methodist, whatever, Episcopal, Lutheran uh, we can benefit greatly. Those who are, have been in Church God in Christ and any other, other Pentecostal PAW and on and on and on you and us we we have an advantage over some other people in that we have believed in the movement of the spirit differently in terms of a personal relationship with God this indwelling of God some people are entering that thought process now those of you who have walked in a charismatic way you've Felt the move of the Holy Ghost. You've been touched by God. You have experienced the dynamic power of God, lifting you up and moving in your life, uh, changing the way you even interacted with yourself and with others. You, you, you know, you have experienced something that that puts you in a position that I think is an advantage to coming into these conversations tonight about contemplation. It puts you at an advantage because you believe already in in this indwellingness of God. The advantage is that you recognize that God is not without, but within. And I'll come back to that concept in a moment. Others who may only view God as external to them as in the heavens up high. Others who may view God in a building will struggle with this kind of thinking that one has personal divine human connection. But you don't struggle with that because you believe that all your life. You, you've always felt like there was a relationship with you and God. And that's important. But because we have come into a great move of God and have experienced God, many times we have experienced God exclusively within our emotions. And we have not allowed that exuberance and that ability to touch the holy to be integrated into our daily lives so we have this bifurcated relationship with God we can pick it up on Sunday morning we can pick it up in worship we can enter it in praise and worship we can hear a song and we attune to the Presence of God in such a way we we experience God. We experience a fullness of God. We 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 can go up and we we even will some will even speak in unknown tongues, as the Spirit gives them utterance. But during the week, without the accoutrements of of of, of, of a piano and organ and choir and preacher and prayer warriors and deacons and deaconess and all of the mothers and members around us, we, we struggle to tap in to that which we experienced earlier. We struggle to, to unite the two, that ecstatic, charismatic, explosive anointing into our daily lives. So there's very little integration between what we experience in the presence of the Lord in worship and what we experience when we leave worship. At which point we, are, we almost must go back on, on, on the next given time at the next given call because we need to almost be refilled because we've been depleted all week by dealing with life. And the very depletion of life has taken us to a place where we are, we are tired, we, are, we come dragging back in. Because outside of the church, we have not learned how to tap in to what we get when we're at church. Some of you will be very honest with yourselves and integrous to say that you have never experienced God alone the way you experience God corporately. This is, this is a part of what this season of pause gives you an opportunity to now correct. We have spent a lot of time teaching people how to, how to receive from the Lord the blessings that we desire, the things that God has in store. We have, have helped them to come to understand how to command the blessings into their lives and to pray for things to happen. But we have people who know how to approach God in a posture to receive something from God, but who have a very weak relationship with God. It is not that they have no relationship, they they have relationship. They know God, they know the Lord. We, We know him, we experience him, we feel him, we can, tap into it, we can get here, we can, in, in the building, we, we arrive, and some of us even arrive already on fire just at the thought of coming to worship. We get here, we, we, we come in. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I entered into his gates with thanksgiving, into my courts came out with praise. The, 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 there's something to it, But I want to suggest tonight that God has something uniquely for you during this season. A development, a new uh, way for you to tap in to the deeper well. I want you to tap into the the deeper well, the deeper well, the deeper well, the deeper well, it's, it's time to tap into the deeper well where, where you will be resourced in dry seasons. Will you be watered in the midst of a desert? Desert experience is going on now. And you can be watered, you can be watered, you can. You know, as, as things dry up in the desert, The only places left to get water are deeper down, low, and sometimes arid, dry places. You have to dig wells deep hundreds of feet to get water. And I want you to know that you are a water seeker. Because now is a dry season. And in this season that that the earth is at pause and and dry, you need to dig deeper and get more from God. And I want to suggest to you the way to do it is through contemplation. Contemplation, uh, that's just another word for saying meditation. Contemplation is the way of entry. The settling down by centering prayer, which leads to communion with God in a sacred space. The, The contemplation, the way of entry is settling down by centering prayer which leads to communion with God in sacred space. Sacred space is not just the place you have you have designated in your house that your your war room so to speak from the movie uh, it is not just your war room sacred space is anywhere you are. God decided At the building of the first tabernacle, the first first temple, the divine God shows up and he allows his glory to rest upon that place. Not so much so the second time around, but at Pentecost, the divine showed up and God was there. Through his Holy Spirit, let his glory fill that place. And in so doing, let that said spirit enter into his people. Shifting from building to individuals. You are the temple of the Most High God. Paul would say if you are the temple of the most high God, if that that is so, then wherever you are, temple is. And since you're there and temple's there, there's no reason you can't enter into presence of God and worship in temple because temple is there because you are there and at that moment you are in a place that becomes sacred. And I want to suggest tonight, I want to suggest that you can shift. You can shift. I know it's dry there, but since we're digging deeper, you can can make an exchange. You can make an exchange. Here's the exchange. You can exchange stress for stillness. You can exchange stress for stillness. You can exchange the secular for the sacred. And you can exchange searching for serenity. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I need to put them back one more time, one more time. You can exchange stress for stillness. The secular for the sacred and searching for serenity. Hold it for a moment. Stress for stillness. I suggest now you take your stress and you be still and know that he is God. God's got my back. I'm not worried about nothing. He knows what I need. God's got my back. I get rid of the secular. The secular, the secular is a, I want to use it in a metaphorical form because I'm going to talk about anything that is not of, not of God, not God, not uh, even regular things we do that are not sinful. Just that is the secular, all of it. And I enter into the sacredness of God, the, the very presence of God, the anointing of God. I don't have to keep searching and searching and searching because I know God and God knows me and I'm in a position now to receive of the Lord. Here it is. Stay with me now. You and I need to learn to access his power and thereby exchange your weakness for his strength. Learn to access his power and thereby exchange your weakness for his strength. It is so easy to um, to ask someone else to do for you. It's so easy to say, can you do that? Can you do that? Or will you help me do that? I need help to do it. And you develop a dependency upon the other to bring you into a place. I remember you too, too. Sometimes you go to church and the choir have to sing 59 songs before you start deciding to and get involved and to embrace the anointing. Deacon prays harder than ever, sweat running down his head before you decide to enter into prayer. Preacher sweats out a robe, a suit, a shirt, trying to get you to feel and know the presence of God. Guess what? At your house right now, the preacher The choir, the deacon or deaconess, the mother is you. You become priest of your home. You enter and let God move in you now. Let me coach you from the sideline into how to do this thing. Don't, don't, don't look out at somebody else. Don't look out at anyone else. Don't, don't ask somebody else to do this for you. It's you now. It's you. I'm talking to you. I'm on your street. I'm at your house, down your alleyway. I'm in your apartment. I'm in your place right now. I'm talking to you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't look up for that which is within Don't look up for that which is within. You already have what you need. Now we have to reorient ourselves into accessing it. I I do believe that when we come back from this pause, the church will experience... a a, a second Azusa Street revival experience because people will be ready to see the full manifestation of God in every way that God wants to move. Because if people are praying now, when they walk in the door, they will pray and shout and recognize the goodness of God. I I want to raise uh, Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. Here's what he says. Now, Now, when he was asked by the Pharisee when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here. Or see there, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. God wants you to recognize that he wants to be available to you and has done so not only by creating you and breathing upon you the breath of life, not only has he put the spark and the divine light within you, there's something in you. Master Eichhardt, the the great uh, uh, venerable old mystic said something like, in each of us is that which is uncreated. He who was not created but the creator rests within you. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can help you here. The Holy Spirit wants to use you to do something different now. He wants to speak to you deeper. No, no pablum, no no sugarcoat, no just can I get a new car, can I get a new house, can I get a new robe? Look, We're going to get all those things. God God promised to give us the good of the land. I'll tell you later on, but I I don't have time to do it now, but I've got a message coming up about how to pray. But but listen to me when I tell you this. That stuff going to come. Right now, let's get you right so you can survive. Let's work on survival techniques because I believe God wants you to get something deeper and to go deeper. Uh, some of you will, will recall 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul is rebuking them for, for their immaturity, and he's explaining to them the difference between the mature and the immature, and he's telling them, okay, you, you all have missed this thing. You, you, you don't even realize that there are people around you that are just straight-up immature, But there's some deeper things that God has for those that want to go deeper. There's some revelation God wants to give in order to create manifestation. God God says, I want to unveil. That's what he's saying. Uh, There's some unveiling that can happen that can only happen for those that are willing to go deeper. Okay. I I, I want you to go with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Beginning of verse 6. Here's what he says. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Am I talking to mature saints right now? Am I talking mature saints? Because this is a mature word right here. Yet yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. Let me say it again. Not, 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 Not the wisdom of this age. I don't care what the new age talk is right now. I'm talking about what God is doing now. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We, we let the world take the word mystery and mysticism from us, and we're scared of it. But he says, I, I, we speak the word of God. In mystery, the, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Wait a minute, hold on. Pause. Stick a pin in it. God says, I put some hidden wisdom and ordained it, Before the ages for your benefit, (sighs) which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ye heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I I need to just tell somebody, there's a shout right there. His eyes haven't seen, nor he has heard what God's getting ready to do. God's getting ready to do something special, something spectacular. He says, "I, I need you to get this thing. He, said, he says, you, you, you need to recognize the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But here's verse 10. Here's the one you want to hold on to. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. You can put Holy Spirit there. You can go King James and call it the Holy Ghost. He says, I've revealed it through my spirit. My spirit in you wants to give you revelation for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. You want to get to the deep things of God? You can't do it in your flesh. You can't do it in your fleshy mind. You're going to have to do it in the spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to take you to another level. He says that God God wants to do this thing in you Holy Spirit wants to teach you verse 13 says things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit their foolishness to him nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet himself rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I need to... Glory to God and we, we need to recognize... That in this season now, getting the mind of Christ is the only mind that will be quiet in the midst of chaos. And then the deeper truths can work in you and God can work through you and for you as you quiet your mind with the mind of Christ. God wants to give you deep truth. He wants to bless you at a whole nother level. Let let me, let me, me, I'm going to mess you up when I say this. You need to write this down. God says, I want to unveil things for you. I want to give you revelation knowledge. I want to show you the deeper things. But let me help you here. This this is going to mess somebody up. You don't get revelation because you want it. You don't get revelation because you prayed for it. You don't get revelation because you said, please, please, please please with iced tea and sugar and honey on. you don't get revelation because of that you don't get revelation because you've been talking about it you don't get revelation because you think about it you you, I want God to unveil his mysteries I want God to show me something I want to see deeper I want God to take me no shut up revelation is the result of relationship You you, you better chew on that for a minute Revelation is the result of relationship. Those disciples closest to Jesus saw things other disciples didn't see. They had deeper truths because of their relationship. Revelation is the result of relationship. So the deeper your relationship is with the Lord, the greater your revelation is going to be. doesn't mean we don't we're not close doesn't mean I don't love you don't mean you we, I won't bless you and help you but the relationship brings in intimacy which brings you into deeper courts and deeper truths and but lord how do we get there you see you see the lord's uh, his ways and his thinking is not the way you think so you've got to get close enough to him to get to the deep places. You can't get to the deep well if all you want to do is stay on the surface. You can keep doing hand mm, scoop and shovel, cleaning up sand, but you're not gonna get to the deeper well without going deeper. Yeah, yeah um, Psalm, Psalm 92, 50 puts it this way: Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. I feel an anointing to teach this tonight. Your thoughts are very deep. Not my thoughts, your thoughts. Your thoughts are, are very deep. I need to get to the depth. 92 verse 5. I need to get to the depth. 92 verse 5. I need to get to the depth of what God is doing. Let me tell you something. God's divine ways and the Spirit of God that moves wants to reveal things to you. Um, let me. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29, 29. Yes, 92, 5. Thank you, sir. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this The secret things belong to the Lord. Hold on. The secret things, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Wait a minute. He says, I'm going to reveal stuff that's going to belong to you. He said, the secret thing belongs to the Lord. But I can reveal stuff to you so that you can live this life I want you to live. Okay. I, I, um, I was trying to be a little creative with the a concept that is older than me and, and I was sharing with my daughter Christine I said I was trying to explain to her the interconnectedness of these circles and uh, we were in conversation and and I and I said to her she said I think I understand what you're saying I said well let let's see and she she came back she said is this what you were talking about daddy this is this what you mean i and i was blown away because you won't see this anywhere else this is our creation here this is these concepts are not ours they belong to the universe the first line there that outer line this kind of daily life it's daily life those are the ordinary thoughts Can, can i can i can i push it just a little bit and say this that's, that's uh, secular life. That's, that's carnal life. We all live a carnal life, not in the sense of, of permitting carnal sins, but we live a regular life. That's regular stuff. That, that life there, that, that's the daily life. Ordinary thoughts, which has in it chatter. Chatter conversations some of that chatter is stuff stuff we talk to other people some of that chatter is stuff we we get from other places some of that chatter is stuff we talk about in our minds we just be our minds just be going crazy we just going over the same thoughts over and over again that's the chatter we just got stuff going on we we just doing all kinds of things oh you got chatter 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 and some of it is a chaos some of it is chaos that has come up because we have experienced things in our childhood uh, we, we, we went through traumatic experiences. We, we may have been mistreated in relationships and, and things didn't work out. We may, have, we may have lost a loved one early and never quite worked through a process. There, there's all kinds of chaos. and There's, there, there's all kinds of things that are in there that keep trying to get into our daily lives. They, they actually impact how we relate to other people. Some people, leave it on the screen, leave it on on the screen, this is good stuff right here. They impact what we do with other people. Then there's the community, that's the folk we hang around, the people we're around, the people that are there. Then there's the crisis that happened, pandemics, flus, sicknesses, all kinds of diseases that come in our lives that have nothing to do with with the pandemic. And then there are times when we're just calm for no reason. We watch a good movie and we feel good. That's life. Then there's our spiritual life. Getting closer to the center. In that spiritual life we find peace. We get that spiritual life personally at home and corporately when we're in church. How do we develop that spiritual life? We develop it through prayer, meditation, singing, scriptures, testimony, sermons that we hear, teachings that we get into our spirit. We develop our spiritual life and it is in that place there where we begin, notice I said, begin to find peace. You can take it down now. Peace and chaos comes when we get past the regularness of what we call our spiritual life i'm talking to charismatics now i'm talking to word people now i'm talking to people that that have been saved and i'm not talking to everybody i'm talking my my folk right now i'm talking folk who've been in church their whole lives they've been saved they love the lord they care about god they've been trying to live a godly life but yet they don't have complete peace Peace in chaos is the ability to either block out or focus on God without paying attention to distractions. That, that's what real peace is. It's the, the ability to block out or focus on God without paying attention to distractions. I, um, um, my, um, I, I got a, uh, a, a giant a years ago. We loved that dog. The giant snowser, for those who don't know, are cross between great Danes and schnauzers. That dog was big. I mean, uh, Diamond was huge. Diamond could stand up on my shoulders. I'm over 6'4, over 6'4. She could stand up on my shoulders and almost look over my head. She was a, a big girl. And, uh, and I never had to punish Diamond, you no, know, like really knock her out. Never when I was growing up they used to beat dogs and hit dogs and you know try to get train them. No, I never did that. Because, because what dime, what the owner, the, the, the breeder told me up front is with this dog, this dog wants to please you. So all you need to do is to reward the good behavior. And the dog will seek to repeat that behavior because it wants the reward. And before long, it won't do the bad behavior because the bad behavior does not give him reward. And that reward could be in the form of companionship. could be in the form of padding. It could be in the form of a treat, It could be a lot of different forms. The problem that we have is that we are in relationship with God and God keeps trying to reward our good behavior, but we don't have the sense that Diamond had to go back and get another reward. So what we do is God blesses us and we run off with our little blessing and we go, hi, 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 thank you, Jesus, one time and we don't come back thinking that's that's the only reward. God wants to continuously bless you. God didn't have one house or one car or one job or one bill he could pay. He could pay every bill but it's coming back to be in relationship that keeps getting the reward. (sighs) Learning how to get in his presence, to block out and focus on him, is the thing that's going to bring you the greatest reward. Ultimately, it will lead you to the deeper, inner life so spoken of in 1 Corinthians 2.10 you can get to be where you can be in total presence of God I, I'm going to mess somebody up when I say this I know, don't get mad at me don't get mad at me, please don't please don't but but some, some, some of us think we're deeper than we are because the depth that we have, we judge it according to what we see others have. That's not a way to judge where you are in God. Because your walk with God is going to be different from everybody else's. What God wants to give you is not the same as what he's going to give me. I used my children the other day and I told you the kind of foods that they all like. Okay, I said... Christina likes lobster. Brittany likes the chef's creation of the day. Benjamin likes steak. If I take the steak and give it to Christina and give Brittany the, you get what I'm saying? They're not going to be satisfied. Because once I move what they really like from them, even though it's been prepared well and tasty, it doesn't meet their need. God wants to meet your need. And your need may not be mine. It's going to be different. So you want to get to the place where you allow God to meet your need. Let let me, let me, I I only have a few moments left, and I want to spend just one minute with you before the Lord. That's what mama called it, before the Lord. But I want to show you one more illustration that's going to bless you. This is going to help you right here. I do believe God's going to me. I want you to know that there's a place you can get where you can have the quietest mind. And I want you to see this in illustrative form. The, the, the quietest mind. On, the, on, the, on what is my left is the daily life. There my mind is dealing with the attractions of life, and whatever those attractions may be, maybe even lust and, and sin and whatever, they they you know all kinds of things come by, things I get that I want to be with, I want to like the, the attachments I have, attachment single, attachments plural, I, stuff. Approval that I need from other people, anxieties that I have going on. Could even be what's going on. Here you go my daily life, I have God in me. The blue dot in the middle represents the Spirit of God. So I have God in me. But in my ordinary life, allowing my daily thoughts to run all over me, God just kind of stays in my heart, in my spirit, hoping to get a chance to impact my life. But as I become more spiritual, all of a sudden if you notice the size of the thought bubble the thought bubble shows you how those thoughts shrink a little bit because I've let God move from the inner core and he's starting to come up and get a hold of my mind and as it gets a hold of my mind notice if you will those thoughts don't leave they're still there but their impact is reduced it doesn't have the same impact on me. They're there. I'm beginning to develop my spiritual life, and all of a sudden, I'm beginning to find peace. Nothing has changed. Everything's the same. We're all still going crazy, but I begin to find peace because those thoughts don't have preeminence over me. All of a sudden, God is starting to get greater control of me. And as I begin to go a little deeper in God. As I get to the place of focus on God without paying attention to distractions, God now fills up my head. The thoughts are shrunk even more. And I'm filling up with his presence. But when I ultimately get there and I get deep enough, I can be filled from head to toe in the deeper place with God. In the deeper place with God. Okay, I've got to rush. How, how is this accomplished? How is this accomplished? How is this accomplished? I, 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 this, is, uh, this is some good thought here. How do you get here? I want to suggest that you learn to allow the Spirit to pray for you and through you. Now, this is going to go against the grain and I'm going to come back and I'm going to teach this. If somebody remind me, I'm going to teach it next. if I can next week. You want to move from praying transactional prayers into praying for transformation. But I'll come back to that. You see, when you allow the Spirit to pray for you and through you, guess what you do? You now have given God yes what his will is and your will is enthused and happy because the will of God is being done so you rejoice over whatever the will is that's being accomplished in you and through you pray in the spirit pray 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 and allow the spirit to pray through you and for you Um, Romans 8 and 16 says it this way, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We are the children of God. I, ah, we're the children of God. Since I'm one of God's children, I, God has already set out certain blessings for me. God, God wants to give me the good of the land. And, and, and guess what? Sometimes I... Sometimes... I know what I want. Sometimes I get my head all messed up. I know what I want. You know, I I get to messing up scripture. They got misquote Psalm 23. And and I don't say the Lord's my shepherd. You know, I shall not want. No, sometimes I'm just like you. I get to say the Lord's my shepherd. I see what I want. And I have to pull myself back in. And say, God, what do you want from me? And I want to pray out of what God wants from me and not out of what I want. I'm about to bless you now. Get your Bibles back open again. Romans again, 8, go to verse 26. He says, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to let the anointing, I'm going to let the Spirit pray for you. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Oh, man. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I just got to let the Spirit pray. No, groanings that cannot be uttered, I, I put it another way. Sometimes I don't even need to put words to it. Sometimes I just need to let God, You. this is, this is you, I'm, I'm, de- I'm depending on you. Now, he that searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Ah, glory. God pray, bless according to your will, that which you desire, let it be done. I thank you for your will being done. See, we all jump to Romans 8, 28, but you can't live in Romans 8, 28 if you don't accept 26 and 27. Because 26 and 27 allows me to pray and allow God to be in charge so that therefore by the time I get to Romans 8, 28, I get excited at what God does for me because I know he knows what's best for me. Although my weary eyes cannot see. So I just say, thank you, Lord. And I won't complain. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. I um, I, I hope you see where I'm pressing you towards. I, I learned... Um, the power of words my wife and I we, we've experienced both great joy and great tragedy um, when we, a couple years after we got married God blessed us and God blessed her to get pregnant and uh, we were so excited and on Palm Sunday I announced that my wife was pregnant by Easter Sunday my wife had lost the baby and I, we weren't sure that that's what happened. I drove her down to her parents' house. I, I dropped her off with her mother and father, and I drove back up here to New London. And I preached the Easter sermon and the Easter service. I left church and drove right back down. By by, we pretty much knew what was going on. Tough time. So when we, a year or so later. We ended up, God blessed us with another pregnancy. At that point, we were worried, we were concerned. My mother gave us that wonderful scripture to stand on. low children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is our reward. So there in the operating room, in the, in the delivery, labor, and delivery room, and near the close of, of, of that birthing, we were there. that child was struggling to come out the release of those pelvic, muscles, pelvic bones and it, it, it was a struggle The doctor ended up using forceps to kind of coax her head out and we were we were there with each contraction Little children heard of the Lord the fruit of the womb is our reward and we kept using it over and over again by the time we got down to that last contraction, we didn't have time to quote the whole scripture. All we were saying is, it's our reward? It's our reward? Is our reward?" It's got to be hard. It got to be hard to say. We just start saying "reward." And God birthed her into the world, little cone head pretty girl. Massaged that head, made it. Yeah, it took a while, round and pretty. It's our reward. The word of God used in a tough time for a family that was going through. We knew the power of word. We knew the power of scripture. We understood how God works. We were good with it. And it was just so great that it gave us something. God didn't necessarily need us to say it, but we needed to say it so that we could stay focused in God that with each problem that happened, because I only mentioned a little, that we would not be unnerved by any problems. That we just stayed in the moment. And we trusted God and God did what God did. I want to suggest to you that using the word to enter into a deeper place with God is what I want you to do with me right now. So here's what I want to do. I want to take this scripture that we've been working on And I want you to join me. And I want you to get quiet wherever you are. I want you to get quiet. And I want you to take... I'm only going to ask you to do it for one minute. Later on, I'm praying God's going to bless you in such a way that you're going to want to do it longer. And you're going to just want to sit still with God. And you're going to want to let God come in. Maybe you'll start off with music. Play some good songs that speak to your spirit. Read some scripture. And then I want you to come back. And I want you to practice stillness. We're always telling God something. Give God a chance to tell you. And not necessarily whether he tells you anything at all. Spend some time with him, be present to him. And better still, let him be present to you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this scripture, be still and know that I'm God. And when I get down to the word be, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes for one minute and just think about nothing but God. Don't try and think about anything. I'll just allow you in mind just to be present with God and to be still with God for just a moment and let God just saturate you. I'm believing right now, the anointing is just going to invade your home right now. The anointing is going to invade your mind. I know you've been going through, your mind's been racing, but I'm believing God that when you get to that last word, be, you'll be ready. And so I'm going to ask right now, we're going to put it on the screen and I want you to stand with me now and let's say it together let's join be still and know that I am God be still and know that I am be still And know, be still, be. Be still and know that He is God. I love you. I pray you take this word, cherish it. The quiet mind for troubled times. Be still.